This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Ricola, the Swiss manufacturer of cough drops. They're naturally soothing. They support the immune system. And they help you feel better when you got a tickle in your throat. It's Ricola. I was Timoteo in Spanish class. I don't know if I took Spanish class. You don't remember? And this is Ear Buddies. <laughs> You're telling me you don't remember no, if you took Spanish? Now I remember. I did. Um, <laughs> I did for, you know, briefly. Um, how far, I, yeah, how far did you get? You get a year or two or what? Just briefly. Um, yeah, a year, a year. Mm-hmm. I, at the time, I didn't have the sort of cosmopolitan global taste that I have, so I thought, <laughs> what's the point? Uh, how wrong right. I was, but... I'm in America, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, every, listen, man, every guidance counselor under the sun was saying, take Spanish, it'll help you make more money. And I put my two years in. I don't think it's helping me at all. No, well, here's the thing. I don't... You know me, Tim, and the Army knows me, and I'm not a person mm-hmm. for whom... Uh, the pursuit of money is a, is a major priority. That's why we. Sure. That's why I do this pot because that's I don't, right. It's, I don't care. <laughs> it's not about the almighty dollar. We no. have not started a Patreon. <laughs> but you know, I, I think though that it's you should learn Spanish or another language because I I just think it's embarrassing to only know one. You know what I mean? And mm. I I'll say that I only know one. Yeah, I don't, and I'm embarrassed uh, constantly by that fact. So, bro, I bet you know a lot of Latin though. Oh, yeah, I did retain a lot of Latin. Uh, <laughs> that's the church right there. That'll do that to that's, you. That's a dead language, baby. Who cares? That's right. Never coming Who back. Who freaking cares? Uh, Matt, today we are talking about Rosalia. Chica, ¿qué dices? papi, Can you believe this? Um, can, I, can I believe what? That we are worldly enough and... Uh, <laughs> Culturally, you know, look at us. Two guys that dropped out of Spanish in high school. Mm-hmm. And we are about to tackle the <laughs> the geopolitical, culturally very sensitive implications of Rosalia, her album Motomami, and the far-reaching effects that it has had on the pop music scene, both here and abroad. Can you believe that we are doing that? Who would have thunk? Not, not Senorita, uh, whatever her last name was in high school. She had no idea that you and I, Tim, two uh, monolingual white men, mm-hmm. would be able to do this. And yet, able we are. And um, and I can't think of two better, two better friends to <laughs> to address this and to frankly to figure it out. For everybody, once and for all. Let me put it this way. My finger is going to be hovering ever so slightly above the button 
that makes Dancing Queen by ABBA start playing and shoots this episode into the stratosphere. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even worried. I know we're going to do a great job. All right. Okay. Uh, Matt, who is Rosalia and why are we talking about her? Well, Tim, you brought this young woman to my attention. Um, mm. So kudos to you. It's one up on me. Um, <laughs> I wasn't trying to. No, no, it's fine. It's no. fine. It's fine. Um, not a contest. <laughs> no, I know. I know it makes you feel good. Uh, <laughs> she is a, and I'll say this uh, italicized, a Spanish singer. She's, I want to say, 26 years old. She's uh, attractive and talented. She's from Spain. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about her, Tim. Because because this is volume two of cultural appropriation brought to you by Ear Buddies. <laughs> so it is. Yes, an Ear Buddies guide to cultural appropriation. <laughs> she is uh, breaking through the, the sort of international barrier. You know the way everybody saw Parasite? And it was like, <laughs> suddenly I know about Korean film. Yes. Yep. It's Rosalia, it's kind of like that. She has earned this reputation as a highly creative, inventive pop star uh, from Spain who studied flamenco music at like a super prestigious uh, music school in Catalonia. But there are a lot of people taking issue with the way Rosalia is incorporating Spanish music and Latin influence mm. into her music. Because, listen, Matt, I wasn't today years old, but I was, um, I was... Not too many days years old. <laughs> when I when I really internalized the fact that Spanish music and Latin music aren't the same thing. Bingo bango. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what is Spain, right? Spain <laughs> Spain is a country that did a lot of colonizing in Latin America. Yes. Tim, this is see, this is this is great. I mean it well. It's great because it's enjoyable to discuss with you, my friend. But mm -hmm. it's it's gonna get real sticky real fast um, mm -hmm. because you're exactly right. Like, and, and, and I know exactly what you mean. Uh, and I think, like, I feel like that's the sort of that's what we, the generalized sort of, I guess, American we, uh, assume. A, like, you know, Spain isn't that Latin. Like, right. They're speaking Spanish, and, right. you know, so, so are people in Mexico, right? Right. But the, re <laughs> but the reason people in Mexico are speaking Spanish is the same reason people in uh, Vietnam speak French. Bingo. Um, I think we're maybe a little ahead of our skis, so can... <laughs> yeah, we are, but I let, mean, it's let, exciting. Let me back us up and 
let's just uh, let's drop the needle here on a couple uh, tunes from Rosalia's critically acclaimed, and this is important to say, everybody here in the good old USA, all the critics are freaking loving the album Motomami by Rosalia. <laughs> No pienses más, na que pensar. Tan rico no puede ser de cuero pero estoy en cuero. Te quiero ride como mi bike. The first thing I'm going to say about Motomami by Rosalia is, children, avert your eyes from the album cover because, uh. Holy smokes. <laughs> that lady's not wearing any clothes. Be careful. Parents. Be careful. <laughs> Tipper Gore has something to say about that. <laughs> to play just one tune from Motomami is doing it a huge disservice because this is an eclectic album. <laughs> I mentioned that Rosalia went to the Catalonia College of Music, and what she did is she, like, became an expert in flamenco, which, Matt, is, uh, it's music that originated in Spain, southern Spain, which will be very important here very soon. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful music that, uh, is kind of mournful, very danceable. I, I think it's kind of the stereotype in in a lot of people's heads of of like Spanish dance music. You know what I mean? Yes. That's yes. Li- literally what it is. Yep. Castanets, big... nylon string guitars. Yep. Flowy dresses, etc. Mm-hmm. Rosalia loved that stuff. Got really interested in it as a uh, young girl growing up in northern Spain. Went to school to study it and has built a pop music career around the sound of flamenco music. And along the way, you know, she's worked in all sorts of other things, too. Reggaeton, um, you know, just straight hip-hop, all these things. You'll find all of this on Motomami. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun album to listen to, man. You've gone through it, I'm sure. I have, yes. I, I do my homework. But yeah, no, it really is. Like, it's uh, it's some sometimes with, uh, you know, if you're, if you're doing sort of one genre, it can be a bit one note. But this is not mm-hmm. one note. This is uh, multifaceted and, and eclectic and... Honestly, a great time. Rosalia. Rosa, sin tarjeta, se la mando a tu gata. Te la tengo con roleta. No hizo falta serenata. So, like I said, the album um, is a critical success. But there are people uh, in Spain and elsewhere. Uh, really across Latin America who are looking at what Rosalia is doing and giving it a big old side eye. It stems from the tension in where flamenco music comes from and where Rosalia comes from. 
Matt, listen, let me just stop myself right here and say, you and I are not the guys to, like, act like we're experts in this. <laughs> no, we're not. We're, we're, no. we're not. Uh, but, you know, one can, one can read and, and uh, understand. Yeah, so, it, we got, someone's got to tell you it's going to be us. It's going to be, be your buddies. Sorry. So flamenco, like I said, originates in southern Spain, which is the region of Andalusia. The people who originate it are not well off. It is the Romani ethnicity. The Romani people are an ethnic group in Spain who have largely been super oppressed for a long time. The region of Spain uh, in the north, which is Catalonia and, and Barcelona, which is where Ros- Rosalia is from, not too long ago actually like tried to tried to um, claim independence and just like be their own country like this is they don't want an association um with the southern andalusia uh part of spain it's a it's a fraud issue that i don't understand fully but what i understand enough is that flamenco music um is really important to a culture Mm -hmm. that rosalia is not a part of And she herself has upset people in the past because she has, um, she's been, this question has been put to her before and she has said things like, I feel Latina, (laughs) which is tough. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and Tim, not to, not to cut you off, but there's so much here too, though, because like, that that particular issue is is specifically with the flamenco, right? But then she's mm-hmm. also like the, she's running into the same issues when she's um, doing like reggaeton, right? Which is which is mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. part of her culture, and she is Spanish, but she's not Hispanic, right? It's there not Latin music, but she's doing it. But that should be okay. But it's not really. But she studied flamenco, but she's not from. The South, and it's not oh, her man. music, but she studied it and she knows it. I and don't she, know, and she loves it, and she clearly like respects it. Yes, well, exactly. Look, t- so here's here's what I want to uh, sort of just lay out there on the table for everybody yeah. is we all know me, we all know Maddie. I usually have the answers, right? Well, you do, yeah. And well, as do you, Tim. We 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 both <laughs> almost always know exactly uh, where to come down on an issue after discussing mm-hmm. it for a minute. With this mm-hmm. one, man, mm-hmm. I do not know. Like, no, it's it's just a, a the thing is we're not. I'm not going to approach this closely enough as a as a white guy from Minot, North Dakota. <laughs> Uh, to to really get it right, uh, so I'm not going to try, yeah. but it's just like it's worth I think sort of uh, living in that tension a little bit and and yes. seeing what yes. we think. Yes, uh, there you go. Just that's that's where I am. Uh, so don't expect any any brilliant answers by the end of this. Although maybe you know maybe well, in reading about this tension and becoming more aware of it, I couldn't help but think about Paul Simon. <laughs> 
and our discussion that we had mm. about his album Graceland. <sighs> yep. For those who haven't listened to Volume 1 of the Ear Buddies Guide to Cultural Appropriation, Paul Simon, this, you know, hyper-American white man, um, took a huge interest in Afrobeats and took pilgrimages, basically, to the sources of this African music, recorded it, you know, like got like field recordings of this music, brought these guys into the studio and incorporated it into his you know, for all other purposes, like, folk pop album. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's an amazing album. You and I both love it. We've yep. talked about it. Yep. And it is one that absolutely appropriates black music. But it does so in this reverent and respectful way. Um, so that, no, you know, by and large, no one's looking back at Graceland and saying, like, I can't believe Paul did that. Um, they're saying good on him for raising people's awareness of this music that they've probably never checked out before. And maybe they're going to look into it a little more as a result of this. You know, it's an educational opportunity well, in some ways. Yes. And, and I mean, like now that's that's sort of the the cultural commonplace. But like. I mean, there, there are a lot of parallels here because back in the, you know, 80, whenever it was, uh, Graceland was released, like, mm-hmm. people were reacting uh, in in really sort of negative ways toward mm-hmm. it. And, I mean, you know, not, not to go down five rabbit holes at once, but think about, <laughs> like, Elvis Presley. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and American black Southern music. Like, the fact that... This Rosalia album is out now, uh, mm. is great for a number of reasons. Um, yeah. But every time something like this happens, like sort of global pop, you're, you, we always run into these these log jams and these these mm. critiques and these thorny thorny issues. And we haven't fi- we didn't figure him out with Elvis. We didn't figure it out with Graceland. <laughs> We're not gonna figure it out now. But the, at least I, I like that the conversation now is at least a lot more like free flowing. Um, yes. And and there's more. And I guess Tim, you and I can learn about it on our own um, <laughs> from the comfort of our homes. That's right. Vestía con bailando plan de candy. Así tú te prendaste de mí El día en que yo te conocí Sé que tú No me has olvidado No me has olvidado I'm referring to a Mother Jones piece about this tension and a journalist named Jennifer Moda who is uh, Afro-Dominican put it this way Rosalia has a social responsibility to analyze how much space she's taking up in a black-rooted genre. Tim, I read that article, and that was the exact line that stuck with me. Let's dissect that. That's, that's such a perfect way of looking at it, I think. In a way, you know, it's what we are trying to do right now as consumers of the music, right? Like, I know just gut reaction listening to it, just turning off my brain and leaving my ears on, that I like this album a lot. You know, I like what she's doing. Whatever um, whatever cultures she's pulling from, whatever genres she's blending to make her sound, I like it. I like how it sounds. 
but it's important to leave your brain on and think about those cultures. Uh, at the very least, consider, you know, consider the context in which it was made. And, you know, it, it's good to certainly try to figure out if the artist herself uh, is respectful of those uh, those cultures that she's uh, borrowing music from. Yeah, well, exactly. And, like, and it's such a... This is this is one of those times, Tim, when I wish that this was like a Joe Rogan type pod where it was three hours long, you know, because the, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. There's so much to, to unpack, uh, but like I would say, yeah, I mean that is exactly right, and and like your analysis there, and the the sentiment I think is correct as well. Like, but you think her. Rosalie is, and, and any artist sort of doing, I guess, to put it stupidly, something like that, I think mm-hmm. does have a responsibility to analyze uh, yes. that. But then after that, what, I mean, what, what does that mean? You know, where, what are you supposed to do with that analysis? Do you, do you yeah. want to collaborate with uh, the indigenous people who've made the music or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, learn more about it? Just study harder, uh, because, like, and I, again, I don't know the answer, um, yeah. but it's. I think it's very much worth considering because, think, you know, would you say? Here's a tricky one, Tim, and I don't know if there's an answer for this. Uh, would you say that, um, let's say, like, U2, the band U2, yeah, uh, do they have a responsibility or an obligation to? think about and analyze their relationship to black the music the, the roots of like american you know uh black like rock, and rock and roll and roll yes yeah cuz cuz it's like <laughs> i mean n- no but <laughs> but maybe well right i mean that's the thing man it's like as children we take an interest in music right like i start playing the drums and I'm playing rock and roll drum beats because I love how they sound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I think it's in, it's incumbent upon me to learn where that music comes from, right? But do I have a moral responsibility to like understand that I'm playing black music? At what point does it become, uh, you know, morally incumbent upon me to to understand that? You know, do I have to become a professional for it to become important? Well, right, exactly. I mean, actually, Tim, you know, this season. Uh, I can say this now that people know I'm a a, a real musician, sort of working <laughs> yes. in the space. Like yeah. I love, uh, I guess you know I would call it like global uh, music and global instruments specifically, like sure. uh, Asian yeah. Asian instruments and African instruments, um, mm-hmm. and I use them yeah. in a lot of stuff that I do, but. You know, as I, I approach it, I'm like, I don't use them just as sounds. If I, I literally do this, and this is just because I don't really know how else to um, to approach it. If I'm going uh-huh. to use an instrument or a sample or whatever, I first learn everything I can about it. The history, the the tuning, the, the mm-hmm. famous, you know, players, the whole thing. And then, yeah. once I feel like I know what it's about, then I incorporate it. Is that the way to do it? I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I'm making this up, too. Do, do, do I have to do that? No. A bunch of people don't. But, yeah. like, I care about it. I care about knowing it sort of as, as holistically as I can. But even that being said, it's like I'm, I'm still a white, 
you know, that's not my culture. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, right. Am I doing it right? Can I use that? I don't know. To emphasize how difficult this is and how um, how much of an unknown sort of the um, the cultural obligation is here, if you go buy a MacBook and you open GarageBand, there are preloaded samples that you can plunk away on your keyboard to make it sound like pretty much any instrument from any part of the globe ever. These sounds, and I, you know, obviously synthesizing the sound of a world instrument is way different than, than playing it, but mm-hmm. but the outcome for the listener is not that much different. No, right, I can, I can, uh, I can make you a pretty true-to-form Afropop song just using uh, ones and zeros, you know? Exactly, right. And clearly, the people who program GarageBand and Logic and any other music-making software want you to have access to the me- the entire melting pot, you know what I mean? Like, they throw it all in there, and there's nothing in the world stopping anybody from saying, oh... I love the sound of this. What is it? A zither? Okay, yep. cool. Throwing that in. Gonna yeah. drop it in. Gonna drop it into my new pop song. The globalization of pop music um, makes this whole thing so much muddier. The farther in we go, you know. You know, like I sort of, I guess, foreshadowed. Uh, usually, by this point, we're we're sort of seeing a bit of light at the end of the the tunnel of the discussion. But they're just we're just untangling more, or you know, retangling more things. I don't know. Like right. it just gets more dense and more like sort of uh, unsolvable the the further you discuss it. In Rosalia's case, I think you have to give you know some points to the fact that she literally like studied the origins of this music in school right in a highly prestigious music school that accepts like one student per per year so she was identified as like a great talent um and someone with a lot of promise in music and hit the books like to to try to understand flamenco music now that doesn't mean that she's done that with every other um you know, reggaeton and, and cumbia and any, any other, um, you know, Latin genre of music that she is working into her stuff. I don't, you know, I don't know how deeply she's studied it. I don't know what kind of grades she got, you know, but but you have to at least say, like, she was curious enough to want to become, uh, want to master the art that is flamenco music. Yeah. Even if it's not her art, she respected it enough to to learn like like you were saying you do like to to understand the greats to understand the origins things like that i think that i think she gets points for that i think she loses a lot of points for saying that she feels latina um yeah that's hard know. that's a hard one to to navigate <laughs> right i'm certainly not going to reach some perfect conclusion here but what i can say is the music itself is really inventive it does excite me when I think about like what it could mean for pop music. I think in general it's a it's a net positive when white dudes in North Dakota are presented with easy opportunities to get into um, Spanish music, you know, or 
music of another culture. Yeah, man. And that's, you know what? Here's here's the thread. Uh, that's what excites me so much. Like, I, I guess even this whole season, kind of looking for the, you know, the star in the sky, the beautiful thing about just, I guess, 2023 is that channels mm-hmm. of communication and access and consumption, I guess, are so much more open and, and instantaneous than they've ever been. And there's not there's not a world in which flamenco would have been uh, fused with uh, merengue or, or uh, I mean, anything other than the region that it was in yeah. uh, without, you know... The World Wide Web, you know. Mm. I mean, it's it's great, and it's and it's a, it's making such it it allows for such exciting music if you've got what it takes to you know to do that. Um, yes, and and fusing genres together and really muddying the waters. It's like yeah, that's that's a it's a confusing thing and it's a concerning thing, but it's a good thing, is it not? Mm-hmm. Come on, it's new stuff. It's new exciting music. I think, yeah, I think one has to see it as, like, globally a net good. I'm not saying that the Roma people who are seeing a non-Roma person um, achieve worldwide renown for playing their music. (laughs) I'm not saying they (laughs) should feel good about it, and I don't feel good about that either. Uh, But... I do feel good about the idea of people like me and people all over the United States and any other part of the world Googling flamenco for the first time in their lives. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's that's important. Paul Simon was not born in a culture where he would have naturally learned about Afrobeats. Yep. But he has helped a lot of people like him learn about Afrobeats. And I think he gets he rightly gets credit for that. Now, he was also very, very good about giving the due credit to the primary sources That's of that true. Music. It does it does seem like he, for the most part, analyzed his relationship within that space, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. And has Rosalia done that perfectly? I don't think so. Um, should we expect perfection? Like, should we write off her music entirely? Because she hasn't perfectly analyzed her the space she occupies there? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it, it's... She's she's 26. She's uh, yeah. figuring it out. Come on. I mean, I don't know. And but, she has a love for the music. She has yes. a love for it. So much so that she's making it herself. That's... That's a good thing. Yes. I don't... You know, I don't want the, the woke mob to come for me here, Matt, but it... You know... <laughs> <laughs> even if... Even if she's not executing it perfectly and in the most culturally sensitive and aware way, I I think it's good that this music exists. I agree. I think, I hope, and I think, if this isn't too clumsy to say, I think it will shake out in the end. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do think it's a net, a net positive. Yeah. It's a good album. Yeah, and and heck, like you said, the music is good. It's all about the tunes. It. <laughs> <laughs>
thank God we have that shield to defend ourselves with. Like, listen, guys, it's just Ear Buddies is all about the tunes, okay? Back off. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Nancy Pelosi, back off. Woke Mob, Drive By Media, Ear Buddies will continue in a moment. Los once están camino, eras de ojo cielo, de ojo azul marino. No sé qué te gusta, más si las carreras, naves espaciales o barcos de vela. Si vives tranquilo o vives con guerra, si ya te enamoras o sientes peleas, si sientes calor. Ricola. You hear that, Matt? Uh, That's the sound of good marketing. Is that their their jingle? Well, I think yeah, it's in some commercials. Hmm. And I never knew. Okay, it's the it's the sound of decent marketing. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't hit me. Ricola. <laughs> Sponsoring ear buddies today. Uh, listen, folks. I don't know if you can hear it. You probably can if you've got good headphones or whatever. You can tell that I got a little cold. Yeah, he's and, got a tiny head cold, and, Matt, and so do I. It is a, I've, yeah, we, Matt and I have tiny head colds. And what do you do? You go to the cough drop store. When you're a little sick, you just need some, you need those little drops, those little jolts that you throw in your mouth and they make you, you feel cold all over <laughs> and then warm suddenly somehow. The manufacturers at Ricola, the herbalists at Ricola, understand this. They are so good at doing that, Matt. How do they do it? What's going on in there? Oh, What's going on in a Ricola drop that makes me feel so good? Alchemy. It's witchcraft. I have no idea. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like a potion from Harry Potter. It is. It's confusing. Um... It's like doing drugs, I think. Yeah. I mean, it is a drug, right? Well, no. I, you know I what, man? Know. Let me let me interrupt myself and say, no, it's not a drug. It's natural. It's of the oh. earth. Do you know what's in Ricola, Matt? I'm going to answer the question for you now. It's Please a, do. It's a classic blend of 13 herbs. I mean, okay. this, is, this is Harry Potter potion stuff. <laughs> Elder. Whorehound. Mallow. Peppermint, sage, thyme, cowslip, burnet, yarrow, marshmallow, ladies' mantle, speedwell, and ripwort. They put a ripwort in that? They put ripwort in this, bud. They throw it all together, they mix it up with their little mortar and pestle, (laughs) and somehow they turn it into a little delicious drop. That's so crazy. I had no idea, Tim. I thought it was just sort of, you know, packaged Benadryl or something. It is also menthol. That's that's the active ingredient. It's menthol. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why it tastes like a cigarette. Well, Matt, listen. Ricola isn't just here because they're helping us today. Oh, boy. They're here because, well, like so many of our sponsors, they need an assist. <sighs> what have they done now? Surely... 
Ricola can't have fumbled the ball that badly. Well, Matt, there is a class action lawsuit underway as we speak. Oh, my Lord. Alleging, and I want to stress that word, alleging that the company sells cough drops with herbs that do not provide the advertised therapeutic effect. What? It's got ripwort in it and cow's yeah, lip. Yeah, dude. Mallow, yarrow. <laughs> like, what? This is stuff that I'm picking up in Skyrim left and right. <laughs> I was going to say that, of course, it has medicinal properties. What are you? <laughs> right. You're telling me that sage, ladies' mantle, is what? Just. Just a red herring here? No, <laughs> come on! You, you pick up a you know a you know a little sprig of cow's lip and suck on that, and you're good to go. What? <laughs> what? What is the what is the class here? What are they saying? What is what? Is, what? What? Could, how do they say this about Ricola? This was filed in Illinois federal court. They are saying that it's the menthol. That that's the. That's the only active ingredient. That's what's making your throat feel funny and nice, is what they're saying. They're saying all the other stuff is just, well, flowery language uh, to to make you think that you're getting some incredible er- herbal remedy, when in fact, you're just sucking on some menthol and, <laughs> and that's it. I say to these, these, this class. The class, yeah. I say to the class in Illinois, what happened to you? What ha- what happened along the way, huh? Where's your sense where of did, wonder? Where did that childlike <laughs> wonder go? It's herbs. Is it's it's herbs. They work. They have magical properties. Harry Potter took a class all about herbs. Yes. And You're trying potions. to tell me that that's just like and and you know what? These people are going to say, that's a book. That's a fake. It's a fiction book. It's a fantasy novel. I say, look around you. Look at the majesty of this planet and tell me that we are not living in a fantasy world of our own. We put an ear on the back of a mouse, a human ear. <laughs> that scientists did that, like, long enough ago that I, I, I was a young man. Like, th- we've, we've been... Put a- <laughs> We've put people on the moon. Yes. Into into outer space, beyond our atmosphere. And you're trying to act like herbs don't help you feel better? And, you know, Tim, what's so upsetting to me, too, is, forgive mm. me, but I don't know if we have, what would you say, Illinois? Illinois. I don't know if we have listeners in Illinois, and if we do, mm. I hope you're not part of this class action. Because what kind of backwater, log cabin, <laughs> 17th century hicks, like, how do you, do you think, really, uh, all of you are, are so well-versed in herbology and alchemy that you know that uh, mallow doesn't make you feel better? Ricola sells cough drops that prominently display, quote, made with Swiss alpine herbs, end quote, on the label. The packages include various images of various herbs, including peppermint, thyme, mallow, sage, lemon balm, and linden flowers. The Swiss alpine herbs. Matt, do you think some schmuck from Illinois 
took a flight out to out to Switzerland and was like, hmm, picking some flowers here, chomping on them a little bit. That's what I'm saying, Tim. There's this no lemon way. balm isn't helping me. This linden flower doesn't seem to help. Get. <laughs> Go away. You didn't do that. No, you didn't. And, and and you clearly don't understand a thing about potion making or no. herbology. Herbology. Right. Like alchemy, man. It's the combination. Thank it's you. The- it's the combination. It's not the one it's, it's not just the linden flower itself. No, that- if 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 it's- I if I give you uh, uh you know a pe- a piece of of wheat and you say this is disgusting. Of course it's disgusting. You need to mill it. And you need to turn it into bread. <laughs> well, you make flour, and then you turn it into bread. You mix it with eggs and salt and, and water and yeast, right? These are a bunch of small babies filing this lawsuit, I think. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and the fact that the people of Illinois don't <laughs> still don't realize that, that should be their new state motto in Latin. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. That's Ricola. <laughs> Knock it off. You don't know anything. You, you're, you are, you are embarrassing yourself and your state by doing this, by bringing this class action against Ricola. I refuse to believe that the menthol is is solely responsible for how good I'm feeling right now. If the menthol was the only thing, then they would sell menthol cigarettes <laughs> over the counter, and that you wouldn't need an ID. Okay? Why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? (laughs) Ricola. Uh, Sorry, I was about to wrap the ad up, but let me add this to you. Ricola has six gardens in Switzerland that visitors are welcome to stroll through. You're joking me. No, I'm not. In... Pontresina, Zermatt, Kandersteg, Klewenalp, Trogberg, and Nenslingen. Six gardens filled with these herbs, these flowers, these magical ingredients. They invite you to see for yourself why you're feeling so good today. <laughs> that is... I was upset before, Tim, but the fact that they have opened up their hearth... Uh, yes. Like, in that way... That's like thats like Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, having an 11 herbs and spices garden and just letting you walk through and, and figure it out on your own. That's crazy. It, that's, gen, that's, make, that's magnanimity. That's what that is. It is. KFC might as well just open source publish their secret recipe that's that is how magnanimous and respectful Ricola is being to the global public they are saying we're helping you feel good and here's how exactly and the people of Illinois don't know nothing magicless just muggles (laughs) I'll say it I'll say it. They're muggles. Go home, muggles. <laughs> it's Ricola.
Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Welcome back to Show and Tell. Matt, I I, uh, I trust you have something to share with the class today? I always do, Tim. Great. Uh, as do I. Uh, mind if I go first? Hit it. I'm just going to play you my favorite tune off of Motomami. And it is La Fama featuring The Weeknd. Lo que pasó, a ti te lo cuento, no creas que no dolió, o quien me lo inventó, así es que se dio. So, Matt, um, the bass rhythm. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Is simply undeniable uh, on La Fama. Es mal amante La Fama y no va a quererte de verdad. The rhythms that you're hearing here are actually not flamenco. Um, this is bacata music. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I. Yeah. It is so good. Like, I am going to probably spend the next week or two on the Bacata Essentials playlist on Apple Music, like, just to get this under my skin. The way that bass uh, works against that, uh, the upper vocal, uh, the sort of affected vocal, that in the upper part, it's. It's too good. I the, the just the the rhythmic interplay is yep yep perfection. I mean that's that's the that's the reason that you confuse Spanish and Latin music together mm. uh, easily, uh, or I guess more easily than other genres because, like, you know, we've, we've talked about this when we were talking about not talking about Bruno, right, back in the That's day. right, that's but right. But these, these, the rhythmic interplay is, is, uh, it's unbeatable with this sort of this particular umbrella of music. No one else has got this going on, and it's it's magnificent. Yeah, and, you know, meanwhile, like, the melodies are great. You got the weekend sp- singing Spanish. I don't know exactly what's going on there. I am not going to explore it that much further, but he, sound- <laughs> he sounds pretty good. He, he, uh, he's selling it to me, at least. He's selling it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a sick tune. The thing about Motomami is then the track before it is totally different, and the track after it is totally different. That is like pure flamenco. Um, it's a killer album. It's it's really uh, quite a showcase of what world pop music can be. Oh, Tim, am I glad you said world pop music because I think it's my turn for show and tell now. Hit us, please. And in a in a kind of roundabout but uh, understandable way, I would like to present uh, just just an optimistic look at the future through the lens of a song called "La Maldita Primavera" by Yuri. 
blanco noche y viejas canciones Y se reía de mí Dulce embustera, la maldita primavera Que queda de un sueño erótico, sí De repente me despierto y te has ido Siento el vacío de ti Espero como si el amor doliera Y aunque no quiera Sin quererlo piensa en mí <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'll talk about this yeah, if, yeah, I, yeah, if I might. Okay, so actually, Tim, this is this is interesting, and I guess I might as well tell the army to hold myself accountable. I actually, sincerely, am embarrassed that I don't know Spanish, and so recently I've been like kind of taking a stab at it. But oh, wonderful! I don't, I don't really know how to, other than like immersion, and I, I do actually. I have for a while listened to, you know, Spanish music, um, but I was watching a Spanish Netflix um, show okay. the other night, and this this song uh, was being sung by the, the you know, actors um, at a funeral, and I was like, that's, and I, you know, just acapella and sort of, sort of mournful and, and dirgeful, yeah. and I was like, that's, that's pretty hooky, and so I <laughs> then... Immediately ran to my computer and I typed it in, and I found that live version. And I haven't been that happy in a, in listening to a song in like a minute. Yeah, dude. It's so. And I, you know, if you know, you know. I guess it's it's nothing special as far as like being incredibly complex. Although it does modulate before the first verse is over. Yeah, which I well, love. right. That did catch my ear. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's so instantly, it just jams itself right into your head. That chorus. Yeah, it's a, it's quite a chorus. It's quite a chorus. And the reason I bring it up is not just because it's, you know, of recency bias. Although I have listened to it like 40 times today. Uh, but here's why. This song was written by an Italian gentleman, a couple of Italian gentlemen, and sung, performed by an Italian singer at the, in 1981, at the San Remo Music Festival, which is the Italian precursor to Eurovision. Okay. Okay, so Eurovision uh, obviously is the more I was going to say, uh, let me just say that I, I was, I almost said this has a ton of Eurovision energy. Yes, it really does. It's, and, and it also has a ton of Italian energy, doesn't it? I mean, it yes. sounds... The da-da-da-da-da-da-da yeah, of the, yeah. of the you melody. You can just hear an accordion kind of kind of doing that. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so it's originally Italian, and it actually came in second place, but then it became a hit in Italy. And then Yuri, who is a... Just so everyone knows this, I actually didn't know this uh, until, you know, today, but she is a wildly famous Mexican singer. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. 
and this is her, you know, singing it now. Uh, and so she recorded a cover. It's a hit. Um, sold Fabulous. millions of copies. Then another singer, a uh, Mexican singer, covered it. There's a Finnish version that went, like, number <laughs> one. Uh, you know, some, there's a, a German singer who's got a version all over the place, all over mm. the world. People are doing, are recording this song. Uh, mm. And, and... In in my I, I've listened to every one of them today. Uh, <laughs> I re, I mean man I, I, yeah I got into it. I bring that to the table just to show like it, I mean that is so just cool mm. you know and and that's a very sort of dull as dirt thing to say at this point in in our ear buddy's career. But how absolutely marvelous that you know an Italian. Yeah. can write this thing, and the Mexican makes it a smash, and then someone gives it a shot and finish, and then now we're talking about it. Like, Yes. It's, it is sort of a, a perfect encapsulation of the most optimistic read one can have about yes. world music yes. and, the sh- and the sharing and the borrowing and the stealing of different sounds from different cultures. Yes. Like, if you're, if you're taking just the most positive and open-hearted view of it i mean that's that's what the outcome can be it's really lovely yeah nice to end an app on a positive note yeah for once we don't always do this it becomes more rare as we as the season goes on but i think we're really <laughs> trying to buoy ourselves this this time around so that's right. good for us good work talk to you soon pal talk to you later buddy 